0: Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, May 16th, 2022. Two, 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 two. How's it going, man? How are you? I am a uh, tale of two cities. Tale of red titties over here for old freckles. Um, two game sevens this weekend. For the Boston sports fan. Because you know what the deal is. We're always in it, man. Oh, sorry. Um, bad news first. The Boston Bruins lose to the Carolina Hurricanes, formerly known as the Hartford Whalers. Um... I know. It was a great series. It went seven games, and uh, there were games where we looked like the better team and then games where they looked like the better team. And it was a pretty hard-fought series, I thought. You know, at the end of the day, I did think Carolina was, you know, faster, more skilled, better team or whatever. But the fact that we took them seven games and uh, scared the shit out of them right to the very end, um, you know, Bruins' team showed a lot of hat, so maybe, you know, they had a couple of pieces, and next year, who knows? So uh, I was happy. I still have a Bruins hoodie on today. And then the good news your Boston Celtics win another playoff series, win another game seven, and advance past the defending champion, Milwaukee Bucks. Um,. Yeah, you know what? I got to be honest with you. I usually get nervous on a game seven, but I saw the look on Jason Tatum's face. After they went around the garden, they showed all the legends that were there. Um, I remember the last one they showed. We had Danny Ainge there, but he still works for the team. But uh, Cedric Maxwell, Cornbread Maxwell was there from the famous 1981 team, get on my back, I'll carry you. He was there um did i see ml car i don't know i had kids running around me uh trying to get the game on but um i just saw the look on tatum's face and i was just like this guy is not gonna let us lose and um i gotta be honest with you how about grant williams the guy i'm always talking about who can't get a fucking call to go his way first time ever In his Celtic career, he was the high scorer, and the man does it in a game seven to close out the defending champion, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Peyton Pritchard was big down the stretch with a bunch of threes. Al Horford played out of his mind this series. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown as always. And um, I don't know, man. I think, uh, you know, we got as good a shot as the Heat do. I know the Heat always have a good team, so I don't know anything about those guys. But I'm really excited. You know what? It sucks to be all the way out here in L.A. when the Celtics and Bruins have a Game 7. The atmosphere in Boston must have been great. But I will tell you, one of the best things about the Celtics winning another playoff series out here is right after they win, they go to the local, you know, sports show that has former Laker great Michael Cooper on it. And he hates the Celtics like no one I've ever seen and it was so awesome. He just would not give it up to the Celtics. He's like, oh, if they had Middleton, they had Middleton. Uh, yeah, they, uh, you know, Bucks win the series uh, and all this stuff. And all he was talking about was how the Bucs blew it. He didn't talk about the incredible game that the uh, Celtics played or the incredible series that they played. You know, I mean, if he wants to talk about blowing something, we blew that, what was that, that game four? We blew that one. Um was it game four or was it game three? We had him one of those games and we we let it slip away in the fourth quarter. So I mean, I don't know what he was talking about. I just makes me so happy that he hates the Celtics and knowing that the Celtics won is really bothering him, uh made it even uh, he didn't say he didn't say one thing. He's just like, Oh, you know, if you're gonna leave him open like that, I mean, look at his wide open. you can knock that down all day. Oh yeah. Oh uh, Yeah, is that how it is, Michael? We'll see. All right, so who knows? Michael Cooper's not happy, which means the Celtics fans are, uh, which is awesome. We are advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, very excited about that. And um, the Red Sox actually won a series. I think we took two out of three from the Rangers. I missed it all the games because I was on the road, but I was keeping track of them. And... Um, I saw that the Yankees finally lost. And so I text Verza yesterday. I'm like, dude, Yank, last time Yankees played, they played, they're playing the Orioles today. You got to fucking bury them. You got to put a bet in. And he goes, they already won today. I was like, fuck, that was the game. <laughs> that was the layup. So, um, anyways, congratulations to the Boston Celtics and uh, great, great year for the. Uh, for the Bruins, I definitely think we're moving in the, uh, the right direction. We're always in there, and I know we lost in the first round, but I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, optimistic about the direction that we're going in. And also the fact that Tuka Rask retired, so we had all new blood in goal. I think we're doing all right. All right, plowing ahead here. Um, I am still doing the intermittent fasting intermittent fasting I haven't stepped on the scale I was a buck 82 and a half last time I got on the scale I'd like to be 10 pounds lighter so um, I've been doing that and I gotta be honest with you after like two days you just sort of settle into it it's not that big a deal 8 hours eating 16 hours of not eating so like right now I haven't eaten yet jeez my kids are louder than hell today um, let's see here come on now I have, yeah, 13 hours, 29 minutes. Oh, I have to go 16 hours, so I still have two and a half hours to go. What? Oh, yeah, it's 8 in the morning. That's right. I can eat around 10. Oh, Jesus. Uh, But you know what? It's been good for, like, no late-night eating, which is huge, especially when you're on the road and you're depressed. You know, I miss my wife. I miss my kids. Um, Let's see here. Uh, I guess I could talk about the... um, the friggin' uh, trip I just had, amazing trip. I did Sacramento, Fresno, and Oakland, California, and I uh, went out with Dean Del Rey, and he's, he's from up there. So he was excited to get back up there, and we just sort of walked around like every town. Like the first day I, I flew up to Sacramento, um, landed day of the show, so I kind of sequestered myself in the hotel room, right? And uh, went out, did the shows. The first show, my God, Lunatics. Lunatics first, not lunatics. It was just like three or four lunatics. I had a debate with the guy about Tom Brady, Gate. This is in Sacramento, California in fucking, uh, what is it? It's in May of 2022. So... I effortlessly shut him the fuck up once I told him the whole fucking details of that goddamn case. And then also I asked him what he was and he was a Raiders fan. I'm like, oh, the Raiders, what is your what is your motto? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Imagine a Raider fan bringing up cheating. Just imagine that. Oh, those fucking babies. And they talk about the tuck rule. And, of course, oh, that, 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 that fucking uh, roughing the passer in 1976. No fucking problem with that one. That one that helped him go to the Super Bowl. That and the fact that Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer both went down in the same game. Yeah, those, all those three, they don't, you know, none of that shit. No thanks to the Steelers. Well, that's actually a bad example. That's just an injury. But literally, shit fucking call gave the Raiders the game in 1976. A shit fucking rule. At least ours was a rule. It's a stupid rule. I don't agree with it. I think it's a fucking fumble. And a Raider fan will then say, we'll just pinch that part out there and ignore the the roughing the passer rule. Anyway, then I was talking about abortion and some woman brought up, uh, you know, rape babies, you know, then uh, got into that debate. And then, then, then that topic's on the table, and that's my job. Now I have to riff about rape babies. Thanks a lot, lady, acting like you were at the fucking Senate or wherever the hell it is that they pass laws in this country. And then I had somebody else over on the, uh, I don't know what they were. I don't know. I'm putting together a new hour. And whenever I put together a new hour, I'm, like, heavily trashing women. I don't know why this happens. I think because I don't have any material. I go into a defensive mode, so the old index Fingers pointing at everybody else and not myself. So, you know, it is what it is. Eventually, by the time I shoot my special, I'm pointing more at myself. It becomes a more balanced hour and 15 minutes. But right now, I'm going to tell you, we're a little fucking top heavy. And this weekend when I go to Florida, yes, you can look forward to that. Although I don't think it's, uh, I don't think I'm considered misogynistic in Florida. I think I'm considered wholesome and have ham family values. I don't know how it works down there. I don't pretend to understand Florida. I mean, when you're a state that actually confuses people, when you confuse the rest of the South, when the rest of the South is going, hey, you might want to dial it back a little there. I mean, you know, you're getting after it. And you know, I don't fault the people of Florida. Okay, if every time I walked out to my mailbox, I have to like look for a body of water where literally a dinosaur could come out of it chomp on my leg and start doing death rolls as he spins my leg out of my fucking hip socket. You know, while also fucking up a brand new pair of Wranglers. You know, I don't need that shit. I don't need that shit. I mean, that's just, that's insanity. Um, By the way, uh, condolences. You got to do this every year to Toronto Maple Leaf fans. Somebody sent me the funniest fucking picture and I I couldn't post it just because it's just like Maple Leaf fans go through enough. You know those two guys that carry out the cup every year wearing white gloves? Somebody photoshopped the Stanley Cup out of the photo and put a golf bag that was in the Toronto Maple Leafs colors with the Maple Leaf insignia (laughs) on it. Oh my God. Brutal. By the way... Very quietly, because it is, you know, hockey and no one really pays attention to it, very quietly, the Tampa Bay Lightning are going for a three-peat. When was the last time somebody won three Stanley Cups in a row? Well, boy, boy howdy, I'll tell you. That was when, that was the 80, 81, 82, 83, 82, 83. And he won 82, 83. Yeah, that was the last time someone won three in a row, and that team actually won four in a row from 1980 to 1983. The New York Islanders, the late, great Mike Bossy, won four in a row. Won four in a row. But no one has won three in a row since then. There's been people winning back-to-back. Like Edmonton won back-to-back in 84, 85, 87, 88. Who else? The Penguins won ninety one, ninety two. Detroit won like 97, 98. Then it gets foggy for me. Brain gets older and I don't remember. I want to say the Penguins, did they go back to back in the 2000s or 2000 teens? I can't remember. I don't know, but it's been a while. It's been a long fucking time since since old Freckles was 15 years old. Since the last time somebody won three Stanley Cups in a row. And I got to tell you, now that the Maple Leafs are... Because once the Bruins lose, I root for the fucking Maple Leafs. You know what I mean? You got to do it. They're the greatest fans in sports. And I don't think you can argue it, considering I'm going to be 54 years old next month. And the, the fucking Maple Leafs have not won it in my lifetime. And these guys are like still selling out every single game and it's the hardest ticket to get. Um, You have to literally go up there and go scalp tickets. I know somebody, you know, that was working for the NHL network. And I said, Hey, I'm in Toronto. Can you get me tickets? He goes, dude, I have a, I have a hookup with every single city except that one. You can't get it. Even the NHL can't get them. You got to stand outside and scalp tickets. I mean, You would think that they they were winning a cup every other year out there. 54 years. And this is what fascinates me. Is the Rangers, their drought was from 1940 to 1994. That was 54 years. And people were chanting 1940 at them and making T-shirt Islander fans and all of them were doing that, just torturing them. And I'll show you how, this is why Canada has the reputation for being, for the for the perception of being nice, is nobody is chanting 1967 at them. Is it because it's a 1967? If it was 1970, see if it had, but that, 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 1955, but they didn't even chant that to the fucking, uh, the Red Wings. And the Red Wings went 65, 70, they went like 42 years or whatever. What I'm saying right now, what do you guys think is 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 like a, like, you're cursed. How many years at this point? I think you got you to gotta go half a cent. When there's 30 fucking teams, or like, say like the NFL, there's 32 fucking teams. So if you win one once every three decades, you're, kind, you're average. That's average, once every three decades. So you'd have to go at least 50 years before anybody could say you're fucking cursed. Nobody even says the Browns are cursed. There's no story. There's no Billy Goat. There's no fucking, you know, they they sold Jim Brown to go fucking, you know, make a musical down there in uh, Toledo. Nothing. Nothing. It's just they have not won. They won an NFL title in 1965, I want to say, 64 or 65. And I got to be honest with you. I count that fucking thing. This whole thing where you don't count championships until Super Bowls is the stupidest fucking thing ever. So you're telling me Jim Brown, Otto Graham, you telling me these guys weren't champions? Get yeah, the fuck out of here. You know, but the fucking, you know, Yankees and 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 fucking uh, Canadians can count titles all the way back to 100 year over 100 years ago with the Canadians it doesn't make any sense to me. I always just found it weird. Well, Bill, we realize that because you brought it up nine thousand times. All right. Well, until people start walking around saying the Green Bay Packers are the fucking Yankees, Canadians, Celtics, and fucking uh, Patriots. No, I can't say Patriots. Steelers. That's the same fucking sport. Yeah, that, they, that uh, the Packers are. Uh, yeah, they're the greatest. They've won like four Super Bowls and like eleven NFL titles. I mean, what the? F- I mean, they've won in every fucking era. Um. All right, sorry, I'm getting my period here. Let me just, let's talk about some fun shit. Um, So the next day, after we, um, after I do my Rape Baby early show, and then the second show, they were just, it was fucking butter, man, it was amazing. Both shows were awesome, but the second show was incredible. So I'm walking around Sacramento, a city that really gets a bad reputation. You know, I'm not gonna lie to you, I went by two bail bonds, you know, offices in a Scientology building in like fucking three blocks, it's just like, wow, you can get into all kinds of shit. All kinds of shit out here. By the way, Scientology, does it, does I don't know, am I out of my mind? I feel like it gets more shit than it deserves. You know? What would you guys do if you found out I secretly joined? (laughs) No, I think it gets more shit than it deserves. You know, for as fucked up as they say it is, for as culty as it is, I got one question. Where are the bodies? Where are they? I mean, I'm just saying. It's like a sports fan. I need to see the hardware. As a former Catholic, I mean, we got bodies stacked up. We got pedophilia. We got, we got torture. We have crusades. Well, what do they got? A little mind control. A couple of fucking disgruntled sitcom stars. I, I, I just don't see. I don't see it. It's like people trashing Russia. Can you believe they invaded that country? Yeah, that's what powerful countries do. You haven't noticed that? <laughs> Don't you see a similarity in what they're doing and possibly maybe another country that you might know a little better might have done? Um, not condoning. Not condoning any of that, by the way. Um, so we ended up the next day, we were driving down to Fresno, so I had a nice morning. Um, and I found this, uh, pipe and tobacco store that was right next to the original tower records in the tower section, which I had never been to in Sacramento. So we went down there. I got a coffee. I became a coffee drinker somehow when make, while making this movie every once in a while. I'll tell you, you know, when you're old, when you find one pistachio in the pocket of your sweatpants, I mean, tell me that's not some old man shit. Save this for later. Um I I mean, I know my kids don't eat pistachios because I can't blame them. Like they dropped it on the floor and I picked it up. Um, anyway. Um yeah, kind of became a coffee drinker and actually really like it now. What do I go with? I go with the cappuccino. I get excited if they do the little uh design. And my goal as a new coffee drinker is I'm never gonna have a cup of Starbucks. Just not, I think it was a good idea. It just fucking got out of control. I just look at them like they have to be like the Burger King of like coffee. You know what I mean? Not knocking a, you know, a burger at Burger King. But, you know, if there's a better one, a mom and pop one around the corner. Like I went to, uh, what was it? I went to Fulton Street Coffee in Fresno. And had an absolutely delicious cup of coffee. I forget what the name of the place where I got the coffee was in uh, Sacramento. But actually I went to Sacramento, me and Dean. I got bought a little cigar and I had the fucking, the cappuccino. So you know I was flying, right? Fucking caffeine and tobacco. I'm walking down like one of those little side streets in, in the tower section. They had all these great houses, great neighborhood a couple of classic cars, Dean posted about them. Was a, let's see, there was a Studebaker. There was a first-generation F100. Um, the front end before the Sanford and Son front end. Um, so a late 40s Ford. And there was one other one, I can't remember what it was. Uh, it was a Dodge. I think it was a Dodge or something like that. Um, but we walked up just incredibly peaceful street. Houses, perfect little size, like original ones. You could tell like mid-century ones, I think. Um, No, mid-century is those weird looking ones. The Brady Bunch style house. It wasn't like that. It was like before that. You just sat there like, you know, you know, talking about comedy and all of this shit. And Dean telling me about living up that way. And I just smoking a cigar. I had a great time and Ubered back. It's funny. We got the same Uber driver both ways. And then we cruise down to Fresno, Fresno, which is one of my favorite fucking cities. Um, it's I don't know. I just like it. It's a great pop level of population. Downtown area is not like, you know, it's quiet. And I know they go through their struggles. I know they got all kinds of shit going on up there, but it's still really good people up there. Um, I took a picture of this um I posted it on my stories this incredible mural up there which just said Fresno. Almost looked like a stamp or something like that. And then within the letters it had like, you know, the uh that classic theater that I always want to call the uh the Warner Theater or something like that. I think that's what it was. It was right next to that Fulton Street Coffee. But um and I played a theater there, I remember a long time ago. I gotta find out which one I played. But I know Kinison played that one, but I was at a different venue. But anyway, we went to the CVS right next door to it, right? There's a couple of homeless people fucking sleeping out front and some guy standing there, right? Typical one of these fucking cities that is just like America's kind of turning a blind eye to. Right? But great people, right? So we fucking go in there. And I'll tell you, when you get a city that starts struggling financially, even when you go into the chain, they don't get the, the same shit. I go into the CVS to go buy some, some fucking vitamin C gummies. They don't have the 500 milligrams. They don't have the 750. They're only giving them 250. 250 milligrams. I buy them and I eat them and they taste fucking weird. There's just something about them. They were uh, gummies. And Dean tried to cut. I go. Those things taste weird, right? I go. Yeah, I go. I go. That's Fresno. That's Fresno vitamin C. There's something going on there. I feel like they don't want this city to make it. So uh, I left it on the table at the coffee place. I figured some homeless guy could come by and grab it, so he doesn't get scurvy. Um, then we walked. We walked back to the hotel. We went to a, a minor league ballpark where Leonard Skinnerd was playing. So they had their whole fucking um, stage was set up and all that. It was fucking awesome. And, uh, and then we went by a pawn shop and they had an entry-level sonar kit in the window. And then they also had a, um, they had one of those Apollo three-speed bikes from when I was a kid with the, the slick on the back and the smaller tire on the front. It was a 1968, which was the year I was born. Guy wanted way too much money for it. They're going for like six, 700 bucks. The guy wanted like, do you say two grand? Which is so funny. Like two grand for that? And then you just go on eBay. It's like, that's funny. This one's 675 bucks and it's in better condition. Um, but anyway, so, and once again, I got a coffee there. I had the, uh, oh no, that was Fresno. Yeah, that was Fresno. That was the next day. That was the second day. And we just walked all around there. Looking at the architecture and all of it. It just looked like what a city looked like when I was a kid in the early 70s. And I mean that in a good way. And um, I'm going to call my agent. At some point, I would love to do a run there, like the Warner Theater. Go to a minor league game. And, uh, you know, maybe finally go to Yosemite after that. Maybe bring the kids up and everybody, everybody can go over there. That could be really cool. Um, And then the last day, we went to, uh, we did the Oracle in Oakland where the Golden State Warriors used to play. And all these amazing bands had performed there. And I was thinking of all the basketball players I saw when I was growing up, knowing they all played in there. You know, Dr. J, Larry, Magic, Michael, Sidney Moncrief, Tree Rollins, Moses Malone. George Gervin, Daryl Dawkins, Mo Cheeks, Andrew Tony, that great fucking team. World Be Free, Jack Sigma, Rick Roby, Eric Ferdstein. I'm going really super obscure here. <laughs> Orlando Woolrich. I haven't named one warrior yet um, dare I say will Chamberlain maybe back towards the end of his career when he played for the Lakers? all of those guys with their short shorts were in there playing above the rim. um I think the 74 and 76 championship teams were won in that building and then every fucking band. Every band, the speed metal scene started up that way. Um, all of those bands ended up headlining that place. And then all Freckles was there. I'll tell you what's really cool about that place is um, they have a hole in the wall. Dirk Nowitzki, after a playoff loss to Golden State, uh, picked up a fucking trash can, and I swear to God threw it like 30 feet in the fucking air and put a hole in the wall up there. And they put a piece of hard plastic over it. And then they put, like, one of the the, um, NBA final T-shirts that the the fans wore um, right above it to sort of mark the year that it was. I thought that was really cool. Um, Dirk Nowitzki, a champion himself for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Mark Aguirre played in that building. Isaiah Thomas. Thomas? Thomas. Bill Lambert. Mark Mahorn. Vinnie Johnson. Scottie Pippen. All right, Bill. We get it. Dominique Wilkins. (laughs) David Thompson. All right. (laughs) I don't know why. Downtown Freddie Brown. Dennis Johnson. Um... There's some like 52 year old right now going, yeah, I had that poster Um, and we got to play it. But before we went there, we actually went to Oakland and all the years I was doing stand up. I always played San Francisco and I never played out in Oakland. Oakland was more the uh, black comedian circuit and white guys went to San Francisco. That's how it was. It was segregated. And I never fucking walked around Oakland. And uh, I was there in downtown Oakland, and I absolutely fucking loved it. I went down, I got some barbecue, fucked up by getting the, hot, the hottest version of it. I was thinking that for some reason they were, they were going to have it on the side, and they didn't. They just took a paint roll and put it all over all of it. But I toughed it out. Had some delicious brisket, ribs, and chicken. Went with the three, three meat platter. Couldn't finish it. Dropped it off for the homeless um should have left a vitamin water for him but i uh, had a great time there and then we went out and we did the oracle um could not have had a better time shout out to gretchen fellow masshole, treating us right <clears throat> get got me some cigars and afterwards they had a private room in there with a metallica pinball machine and then you walked into like this speakeasy, and you could like smoke a cigar in the oracle it was amazing the crowd was amazing all the crowds throughout that whole tour was just fucking awesome And um, I already miss it. Like I want to go back there. And I was just telling uh, my wife how I wanted to maybe go up there and uh, maybe stay in San Francisco. i do some punchline gigs. Then we could go over the bridge into Oakland and check out what's going on over there. Cause I know, I don't know, all the nerds bought up San Francisco. So all the fucking white people on the line had to move into Oakland, which pushed the black people you know, it always fucking happens. It's so stupid. I don't understand it. I was actually joking on stage that the white people that got pushed out of San Francisco should hire the homeless as hitmen to kill the nerds. And every day, if they, they gotta bring three, heads, three nerd heads over the bridge and then they get their stipend. And once you clear out enough of them or the nerds get the message to stop buying, the Silicon Valley, then they can move back, and then Oakland can be what it was. I'm pitching that, knowing nothing about that part of the country. All right, let me read. Um, let me read some uh, advertising here for this week. All right, look who it is, everybody! It's Old Policy Genius. Reshopping your home and auto service with Policy Genius could lead to savings that can put that can put toward that you can put toward your next home. Reno. I love Reno. Oh, renovation. That's what they mean. Or do-it-yourself project. If your policy is up for renewal or your rates go up, Policy Genius can help you find a lower rate. How it works. Policy Genius is your one-stop shop to find and buy the insurance you need. Head to policygenius.com to get started. Policy Genius will show you the price estimates for policies that fit your search. Uh, If you like what they find, they'll get you switched over for free customers who bundled their home and auto policies with policy genius saved an average of $1,250 per year over what they were paying uh the team at policy genius are on hand at every step to help you make decisions with confidence the policy genius team works for you not the insurance company policy genius doesn't add on to extra taxes policy genius doesn't sell your info to a third to third parties policy genius in case you forgot who they were, has earned thousands of five-star reviews across Google and Trust Pilot. Head to policygenius.com to get your free home insurance quotes and see how much you could save. All right, look who it is, everybody. Sorry, I had to take a swig of water there. Um, water. Oh, look who it is, everybody. Uh, do, do, me undies. Me undies, no more sweaty balls. But do doot me undies, me undies. You can wear them right through the fall. Too many nerds went into San Fran. Even though I know they don't call. You went into San Fran. Hire a couple homeless if you can to cut their heads off, so you can move back and everybody resettles and drinks some coffee and leaves a couple of shit stains. All right, MeUndies. I love going up to San Francisco and calling it San Fran. They're like, nobody calls it here. They call it Frisco. It's either that way or the other way around. Um, no one cares what you call it. All right? Frisco. As bad as Frisco is, nothing is worse than the land for Cleveland. The land. <laughs> the burg. All those Rust Belt cities just struggling still, looking for an identity. They used to have one, right? Hard hat guys, fucking you know, welding shit together, and now it's people making apps. All right, meundies, you know, you know, you know those days when your coffee shop is out of cold brew and your air conditioner breaks, and you try to go to the beach but there's zero parking spots. Yeah, life can be hard. Good thing MeUndies is here to help you take a break from the hardships of the world and give yourself a soft summer. The summer's here, everybody. Enjoy it while it lasts before someday it's too fucking hot to go outside. When you're cocooned in the softest, most breathable undies, loungewear and swimwear known to humanity, all your, all your other problems will simply melt away. Let's face it. Summer is sweaty but your butt doesn't have to be. With MeUndies, light and breathable micromodal fabric, uh, you can stay comfy and cool all summer long. These are the global warming joints. Uh, They have super fun seasonal prints and tons of styles to choose from, sizes in extra small to 4XL. So if you can see your dick too much or not enough, they got you covered. So you can bring bring the beach to your butt without ever leaving your living room. Um, if you do dare to brave the heat and venture to the pool or beach, check out their new and improved swimwear styles. They're soft, stretchy, and sustainably made. Make it a soft summer with MeUndies. MeUndies has a great offer to, for my listeners. Um, for any first-time purchasers, you get up to 15% off. If you sign up for for their free to join membership, you can apply that 15% off to their already discounted membership prices. To get 15% off your first order and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to slash burr. That's slash burr. All right, the next one. Who do we got here? Oh, look who it is, people. It's Simply Safe. Simply Safe. I don't know why you guys don't have it in this economy. These burglars are getting pretty goddamn bold. Um, you guys know I love the break in protection that my Simply Safe home security system gives me. But it's not always outside forces that you need Simply Safe's protection from. Uh, this is Joshua's story. This is his story. Everybody listen. Believe Joshua, a Simply Safe customer from Indiana. A few months ago, oh a few months ago, he fell asleep with pizza rolls still in the oven. I, I you know, I've read this like 3 times. What in the fuck is a pizza roll? It sounds to me like you're just eating dough. But he has it in the oven. Does that mean he like took it out too soon? Pizza rolls. Frozen. I'm guessing that's what he had. Oh, shit. Those are like Hot Pockets with pizza filling. Wow. I'm going to guess this guy has a lot of sodium in his diet. Um, he fell asleep with pizza rolls still in the oven. This could have been disastrous. Yeah, you could have burned him. Thousands of dollars in damage to his kitchen and home or worse. Luckily, Joshua, believe Joshua, has a comprehensive, simply safe system. Oh, my God. I mean, if you died because you fell asleep and your fucking pizza rolls caught on fire, I mean, that's one of those funerals where, you know, everybody's looking at the ground. Mostly because they're sad, but there's a few people trying not to look and make eye contact with somebody else and start laughing. Um, anyway, equipped with everything to prevent break-ins and smoke detectors to sniff out fires. That's the thing. He got the comprehensive system. So he was also protect, protected. Oh, I'm getting a note from offstage from the lovely Nia. Okay, beautiful. Is that good? That's great. Okay. I like how you brought the letter in. And then started talking. Hey, your hair looks beautiful, by the way, whoever did it. Thank you. All right, I'll see you. All right, luckily, Joshua has a comprehensive Simply Safe system equipped with everything to prevent break ins and smoke detectors to sniff out fires. He, start, he was started awake to the sound of a 95 decibel alarm. Yeah, and those pizza pockets exploding from his Simply Safe base station. Seconds later, he got a call from Simply Safe from a Simply Safe professional monitoring. The pizza rolls didn't make it, but Joshua did. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that love Joshua. Believe Joshua. He believes Simply Safe probably saved his life that night. I also believe he should stop late night snacking. Uh, protecting people when the guard is, you know, when you almost die from it, maybe that's a time to fucking have a water and go to bed. Protecting people when their guard is down is just one of the reasons more than four million people use and love Simply Safe. With a comprehensive Simply Safe system and twenty-four-seven professional monitoring, you're you always have someone looking out for you. Plans cost under a dollar a day, with no long-term uh, contracts or hidden fees ever. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafecom burr. Go today, Tay. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com/slash bird. You know what that reminds me of? Um, somebody hit the fire alarm when I was in Oakland. There was a party going on right there in the in the in the um, in the lobby. Somebody was getting married, and then there was like a whole bunch of guys on motorcycles doing like donuts and revving the engines and everything. It was pretty fucking cool. So all of a sudden, you know, I'm starting to fall asleep. You know, I'm like Joshua, except I don't have pizza rolls in the oven. And all of a sudden, it's just this disgusting fucking noise went, Attention, please. There's been a fire detected within the building. Please evacuate. Please use the staircase. It's It did it fucking the whole time. It wouldn't stop. So, I call Club Soda Kenny. I'm like, is this legit? He's like, I called downstairs. They said there's a fire on the second floor. And I'm like, all right. Ooh. And we fucking <laughs> go out in the stairs. You can't this, this is not a fucking drill. You go use the stairs. So we go there and there's like, I don't know. Everybody in the hotel is walking down the same staircase. And there's like old people. And we keep having to stop on the stairs. There's like a traffic jam of people going down the stairs. And I just kept looking down the stairway stairwell looking for smoke. Because I'm like, if this fire is getting out of control how slowly we're going down here. At some point, we're going to have to make a decision to trample the elderly to get out of here. I always thought back in the day, oh, there's staircase right there. I will say this. If you're high enough up, there's going to be traffic because people who are physically compromised. Bill, why couldn't you pick up an elderly person and run with them? That's what I would like to think that I would do. It all depends on how close the flames are. Right? That would be the deal. Anyway, we get like, we walk from the 10th floor. It's one of these places where you got to watch two flights to get down to the next floor. So we went from the 10th floor all the way down to the fourth floor. And then they just go, Ooh. attention, please. The emergency is over. You can go back to your room. And then everybody on the stairs was just like, oh, what the fuck? It's just like, hey, we didn't burn to death. I was kind of thinking because the sprinklers weren't on that we were going to be okay. Um... And that's my fire story. You know what? Thank God that hotel had Simply Safe. S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com. All right, Solo Stove, everybody. Solo Stove. You know, there's nothing quite like the feeling of gathering around a warm fire on a cool evening. And a smokeless fire pit from Solo Stove makes your outdoor moments even more memorable. Because instead of having to constantly dodge those goddamn campfire fumes, you can sit back, relax, and actually enjoy the fire. Is there anything better than a a fire outside? Sitting out there, feeling its warmth. The only thing that sucks is when the wind changes, and now it's like you're behind a city bus. A fleet of city buses. Well, no more of that with the Solo stove. And right now, you can get a great deal on a Solo stove fire pit. Upgrade your backyard with Solo with the Solo stove fire pit. And the greatest thing too is this thing is is uh, you can you can you can take it with you. Whatever they call it, compact or some shit, right? You can bring it to a tailgate. It's the perfect catalyst for getting outside and spending more time with family and friends. You can bring it camping. No more trying to fucking get a piece of flint. Can you start a fire out in the wild? Yes, I can with my Solo Stove Fire Pit. Did I mention they're brilliantly engineered? Made from premium grade, 304 stainless steel. Not that 303 shit that they've been shoving down your throat. And a 360 degree airflow system that maximizes efficiency while minimizing smoke. Easy to light with a few bits of stata. Your fire is blazing a minute. Perfectly portable. That's what the word is. Not compactable, portable. Take Solo Stove with you on camping trips and more. Hey, do you got season tickets to the fucking Green Bay Packers and you're sick of freezing your ass off up there? Get a Solo Stove. Shop now and get up to 30% off fire pits all month long and use promo code BURR at checkout to get an extra $10 off, plus a lifetime warranty and free 30-day returns. Just go to solostove.com and remember, you get $10 off when you use promo code BURR. All right, who do we got here? The lastly, but not leastly, before we go into questions, the first one being about intermittent fasting. All birds, everybody. You know, all birds create shoes and clothing that are better for you and better for the planet using a revolutionary uh, roster of premium natural materials, materials like their popular tree runner sneaker. Uh, Why is it called the Tree Runner, you ask? Because it's made from eucalyptus tree fiber, a lightweight, breathable, and silky soft material, making the Tree Runner the perfect everyday shoe for getting the most out of sunny days. I'm gonna get a pair of these and let you guys know how they are. Uh, Made with premium natural materials like eucalyptus fiber, designed with a breathable knit that keeps your feet cool when you're soaking up the sun. And they're super lightweight, making them the perfect pair to take along on any adventure. Minimal and versatile uh, for effortless everyday style. Thoughtfully designed without any unnecessary frills or logos. And they go uh, to go with every outfit. Find your new favorite shoes for sunny days and upcoming travel at allbirds.com. A-L-L-B-I-R-D ds.com. sorry. All right, what do we got here? Somebody wants to talk about intermittent fasting. Something that I've been doing. Let me see how many days I've been doing this shit. I'll let you guys know. I should go step on the scale and see if I've lost any weight here. I must have. I've been doing it. I did it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. 11, 12, since since, um, May 6th, well, May 5th is when I started. Um, I've done at least 16 hours, occasionally a little over 17, every single day except um, Sunday night the 8th. But I've done it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven days in a row had a day off and then one, two, th- three days in all. This looks like a fucking baseball spe- schedule. Um, and yeah, my stomach is going down. I'm hitting the gym after this. And then I'm going to have, uh, have a little bit of lunch here. I'll let you know how it's going. Um, intermittent fasting. Um, hello, Mr. Burr. Oh, by the way, I'm, now that I'm into the wonderful world of coffee... I want you guys, all these cities I go to, you tell me the fucking best cup of coffee and I'm going to fucking swing by and check it out. I'm going to Florida. I'm in Tampa. So you know I got to go down to Ybor City to get me a cigar or something. Uh, Let me know what the place is out there. Um, All right, intermittent fasting. (coughs) Hello, Mr. Burr. Just writing to tell you that intermittent intermittent fasting actually works. Well, good. Fantastic. Fantastic. He goes, I became a fat fuck during the early days of the pandemic. I'm six feet and was a little over 225 pounds. Driving down the road one day, I hit a pothole and felt my titty jiggle. Oh no. Uh, and that was the motivation I needed to get, my, uh, to get to work on myself. Well, that's good, man. At some point, you gotta be ashamed of yourself to turn it around. And there's nothing wrong with being ashamed of yourself. If you're ashamed of yourself, that that means that you know you can do better. Which means you got some pride buried underneath all that bacon fat. Uh, Started running until gyms open and then got into cardio and weights. No matter what, I couldn't get under 208 pounds. Then I tried intermittent fasting. And from August to my birthday in late November, the pounds melted off me. My goal was to be under 190 pounds by my birthday on November 25th. And I hit my goal. Weighing in at 189.4 pounds. That's fucking awesome. He goes, I did 17 hours no eating and seven hours eating. During the 17 hours with no calories, it was all water or tea. I was determined um, and got her done. Um, At 42 years old, I'm healthier than ever. um, I've ever been and never going back to being jiggly tits. Yeah, and you drive a truck too, man. So I mean, that's obviously a lot of sitting down and, and not, uh, you know, eating well. I remember when I was living the life of a trucker, when I was doing college gigs and all that, my, my, my go-to place was fucking Subway. Um, I told you all that shit. I get a large stack of pancakes and try to go the whole fucking day, and then I get a six-inch Subway sandwich at the end of the day. Hopefully this college paid me. Anyway, can't wait to see your shows in Toronto in August and Windsor in October. And really hope my leaves don't crap out yet again. My heart can't take much more of their shenanigans. Uh, that's awesome, man! I'm hoping this intermittent fasting is going to get me down to my goal of a buck seventy two uh, in and around my birthday. I think I waited too long. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where I'm at. I'll keep you guys posted. Uh, Tell me where are you from, Billy Boy, Billy Boy, tell me where are you from? Charming Billy. Um, what song is that He's a young boy that wants to go with Scouting like a scout? All right. Where are you from, Bill? Hey Billy Boy O D. O D. That's O D E E. Um, not sure if you saw. Saw it floating around Twitter, but there was an article written by a guy who said it's racist when people ask where he's from. Why I ask people where they're from all the time if they have an accent, because the rest of the world interests me. Anyways, he says, "Uh, I'm a Pakistani-born American, and I drive Uber slash Lyft, and anything else, they'll let me. I love it when people ask me where I'm from, because it makes me and my country more human to them. Uh, how many Pakistani people do you know? Um, one. And then there's a couple others that I might know, but I'm not going to ask them, um, what they are. Cause then they'll, you know, if they're Indian or they're not Pakistani, you know, you guys are like fucking, you know, Michigan and Ohio state. I don't want to start that shit up. Uh, and you're in a fairly diverse city. Exactly, Bill. Probably only a few, if any. So that's why I love it. I don't like how you just fucking assume that shit. Even though you were right. Uh, Sometimes I just say one of those countries that gets bombed a lot. Some laugh, some apologize on behalf of their army. So I... Well, we're not bombing you guys. I thought that was India. I don't want to start it up. I know you guys are... Problem is, is people in Pakistan, in India, they just, they're they're Led Zeppelin fans, all right? And then Zeppelin wrote that song, Kashmir, and then that just started the whole shit up again. As far as I know, that's what's going on over there. Um, so I ask, so I say, ask me where I'm from, and don't worry about the occasional insecure guy who doesn't like to hear it. Thank you for all the laughter. Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, it's probably because they got treated like shit. I mean, there's a the difference between like, hey, man, where are you from? That's a cool accent as like, you know, as being like, dude, where the fuck are you from? I mean, that's not a good one. (laughs) All right. Remedies. Uh, Hey, Billy Drum Solo King. Someone wrote in about home remedies. I married a black woman who's a bit older than me, but her mom is from the generation of home remedies. Earaches, take a bottle of sweet oil, Warm it up under running water. And what do you do with it? Do you drink it or pour it in your ear? I wouldn't think you'd want to pour it in your ear. Uh, When warm, oh, here we go. When warm, not hot, pour a capful in your ear. What? Sore throat, gargle with peroxide and water. There are countless others, but these are a few. Enjoy the summer with the family in the playoffs. Peroxide and water. I think Donald Trump thought that cured COVID. Um. All right. I would say. Uh, I, do I have any fucking home remedies? No, I was I was the Vicks vapor rub generation. When you had a cold, you took that shit and you just rubbed it on your chest. Yeah, and you smelled like a fucking stick of wintergreen gum. Didn't work. Um, there was another one. You put a towel over your head. And you, stat, you, you, you sat above steaming water to try to clear out your nasal passages. But um, I just know other ones. Like if you're in the shower, if you're taking a shower, the end of a hot shower, if you turn it on, turn it on cold, um, it sucks. But once you get used to it, you f- I can't even tell you how fucking alive you feel. I know a hot shower is great, but I'm telling you, when you go the other way at the end of it, There's something about it. It just, it fucking gives you a jolt of adrenaline. I feel way more awake when I do it. But please keep the home remedies coming here. Um, Here's, I would love one. um, When you get a sore throat from screaming shit jokes. Um, Mexican hiccup remedies. Hey there, Billy Burrito. Recently a listener emailed uh, you talking about old family remedies and reminded me of one that I still hold true to this day. It was passed down to me by my mother and to her mother and so on. First of all, I was born and raised in Mexico and I now live in Miami. Uh, you know what's funny? Uh, there's a uh, a farmer that, I, that I'm following growing his own food on uh, Instagram. I'll tweet it out. You guys should check it out. It's inspiring me to, uh, I always wanted to have like a home garden. I mean, I've had like, you know, tomato plants out here and stuff like that, but to have it like, you know, like lettuce and all of that type of stuff. Cause they're saying, once again, they're changing the laws so they, they don't have to write GMOs when they're in your food or whatever, if you give a fuck about something like that. Um, it's interesting. Anyway, first of all, I was born and raised in Mexico and I now live in Miami. Uh, my mom's side of the family is completely Mexican. And as I'm sure you know, us Mexican love, love limes. And we also love drinking. I mean, what's the hate about that? Um, so the remedy is for the, for the hiccups. It works 100% of the time if you help it a bit. What? What do you mean help it? Okay, when you have the hiccups, get a lime, slice it in half, grab one half and pour some in Worcestershire, Worcestershire sauce on it. Had to Google how to spell that. In Mexico... We call it salsa inglesa, English sauce. Oh, all right. And then just bite into the half lime with the Worcestershire sauce on it. It's going to be super sour and intense, but all that flavor sort of shocks your body and will sort of forget about the hiccups. <laughs> so you scare yourself with flavor. Just bite into the lime and swallow all the lime juice with the Worcestershire sauce on it. Um, You might get the need to hiccup again, but just fight it a bit and your hiccups will be gone. I do this whenever I have the hiccups and it's never failed me. That's fucking wild. I want to keep exploring this because I know somebody's going to have like some fucking cures that work. This is like conspiracy theory. Then who knows? Maybe you don't have to go to the CVS in Fresno where they have the funny tasting fucking... uh, you know, the funny tasting fucking vitamin C gummies. Um, anyway, love everything you do. I've been a fan since I was 15. I'm 28 now. Wow. I saw you in Hollywood, Florida, Florida when you came down in 2021 and absolutely killed it. Hope to see you again soon. Well, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much. That's always cool when somebody who's not white likes me. <laughs> you know, you're like, all right. My shit jokes are, are crossing li- racial lines. I love it. All right, underrated. Uh, Working with people who know the next step. You don't have to ask for the hammer or reach for the next piece of plywood. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If the person you're working with can handle doing what they're doing and also seeing the project as a whole. I'm writing this because I'm currently experiencing that. Unlike the last Dumbo who slowed me down so much that I missed my own anniversary dinner to meet a contractual deadline. Now, wait a minute. You're blaming the person who hands you the shit? I don't know. You should have been cracking the whip a little fucking hard. Is that politically incorrect as a white person to use that fucking expression? Let's see. Let's look that up. We'll end the podcast on that. Is it passe? I do know as a white person, you wouldn't want to say that to a black person. I can pretty much guess that. All right. Uh, (laughs) Um... You guys don't start stepping it up. You're going to make me have to start cracking the whip. Excuse me? All right. Cracking the whip. I mean, I don't even need to be origin. Oh, maybe it's a horse racing thing. We'll see. Origin. Come on. Oh, I have the slowest internet. Crack the whip. An expression for using one's authority to to urge subordinates to work harder or behave better. Crack the whip traces its origins to the 17th century horse-drawn wagon drivers, according to the American Heritage Dictionary of Idioms. Uh, Cracking the whip racism claim fails. Cracking the whip is not a racial term. Um, I love when white people do that shit. Actually, it's not a racial term, even if it reminds you of slavery. So I'm going to continue saying it while I do the tomahawk chop. Um, just because that's what human beings do. You can't tell me what to do. Um, I'm going to take it to a, to that level. Um, anyway, that is the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, the Celtics move on the Red Sox win a fucking series for the first time since April. I believe, uh, the Yankees, I feel like lost a game for the first time since April. Um, they're absolutely killing it. And the fucking shit-talking Blue Jays are just sitting in the middle of the pack. This is the movie? Huh? This looks like one of those three-star movies that you can wait until it goes to home video, until it goes to Blockbuster. We'll see, though. Um, anyway, the Bruins, the Bruins go home for the, for the goddamn summer. Oh, well, whatever. You can't have everything. Um, all right, that's it. I almost said you can't have your cake and eat it. And I was like, wait, was that a reference to slavery? No, that was a cakewalk. I mean, it's, you, how, do, how do you even keep up to it? It's so funny, like, how many fucking sayings came out of slavery that stuck around, you know? There weren't any slaves up north. We didn't come around with, we didn't come up with any sayings. Ah, oh, dude, this is gonna be like a tea party. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you, it came from throwing people's lawn furniture over the fucking, uh, The back railing of a porch or something. And it's a reference to it. I don't fucking know what it is. All right, that's it. Go fuck yourselves and I'll check in on you on Thursday.